0: Then you will truly be successful and we know all things work together for the good Gotta work together the good Gotta work together oh. and we know all things work together for the good Gotta work together the good to those who love God He on your lips. To purpose. It's his purpose, not
1: mine. We are in the book of Ezra and we're reading today Ezra the seventh chapter
2: our subject for today is be devoted to the work nobody sees.
1: After these things, during the reign of Artaxerxes, king of Persia, Ezra, son of Sariah, the son of Azariah, the son of Hilkiah, the son of Shalom, the son of Zadok, the son of Ahitub, the son of Amariah, the son of Azariah, the son of Marioth, the son of Zerahiah, the son of Uzi, the son of Buki, the son of Abishua, the son of Phineas, the son of Eleazar, the son of Aaron, the chief priest, this Ezra came up from Babylon. He was a teacher, well-versed in the law of Moses, which the Lord, the God of Israel, had given. The king had granted him everything he asked, for the hand of the Lord his God was on him. Some of the Israelites, including priests, Levites, musicians, gatekeepers, and temple servants also came up to Jerusalem in the seventh year of King Artaxerxes. Ezra arrived in Jerusalem in the fifth month of the seventh year of the king. He had begun his journey from Babylon on the first day of the first month, and he arrived in Jerusalem on the first day of the fifth month for the gracious hand of God was on him. For Ezra had devoted himself to the study and the observance of the law of the Lord and to its teachings and decrees and laws in Israel. And that ends our reading
2: for today. Again, our subject is be devoted to the work that nobody sees.
1: Pastor Sharon Dean is hands down one of the most anointed teachers I have ever met. Her illustrations are simple yet profound, erudite and elementary, clear and yet challenging. There has never been a time when she opened her mouth and I didn't understand God in a greater way. It was a regular Saturday afternoon. We were all hanging out in the kitchen. Pastor Sharon decided to give us a quick, unintentional sermonette about growth and development. As Pastor Sharon always does, she stopped in the middle of her explanation to grab a prop. In her dining room stood a huge plant next to a large mirror. She grabbed it and brought it to the table where we were sitting. It was so big she had to hold it with both hands. Originally, she explained, the plant did not look this way. It was much smaller, and the pot in which it was housed could contain the plant at that particular stage in its life. But the more she began to water it, the more the plant began to grow. And because she isn't experienced in gardening, she became puzzled when she woke up one day and saw a huge part of the plant leaning like a drunk branch on the side of the pot. The next day, it grew even more, and the lean increased The next week, the lean became so bad that she thought that the plant would break and die, not because it was defective, but because it was growing. As she spoke, I thought about millions of people who are right now leaning in a pot too small for the plant they've become. They are stuck in a tight space of familiarity and they don't know what to do next. Sometimes in order to grow, you've got to leave the pot you were raised in. And search out a new space that can contain where you are right now. Every gardener knows that in order to sustain life, you've got to buy a larger pot. You've got to re-soil the surroundings. And perhaps this new pot will also be outgrown one day. But you shouldn't feel bad for growing. It's a blessing that God is using you to expand his kingdom. And anyone who doesn't support your expansion is a distraction. Most of us only think about growth in terms of how tall we get physically. But what if God is asking you to grow up in your loyalty? What if God is challenging you to grow up mentally and intellectually The beautiful nugget I discovered in the book of Ezra was more about his person than the passage itself. You see, Ezra was both a scribe and a priest. He grew up in Babylon, but was a well-versed teacher of the law of Moses. He was not afraid to devote his mind to the Lord. And the Bible says consistently, the king granted him everything he asked for because the hand of the Lord, his God was on him. How can the hand of the Lord remain on us? The same way God's hand was on Ezra. The answer is right there in Ezra, the first chapter and the 10th verse for Ezra had devoted himself to the study and the observance of the law of the Lord and to teaching its decrees and laws in Israel. Ezra was a devoted teacher and a student of God's laws. Even when others were out running in the streets, as it were, Ezra could be found ingesting the law like homemade soup. Chicken noodle soup with a nice carrot, some parsley, salt and pepper. Lord, have mercy. Help me to keep going. Ezra was committed to not just loving the Lord with all of his heart, but also loving the Lord with his mind. Ezra was devoted. Hmm, What does that beautiful word devoted really mean? Devoted is where we get the word devotional. To be devoted is to be loving and loyal. So tell me this, do you have loyal love? Have you ever been blessed with a love that was loyal? If I were to ask you, who is the most loyal friend you have ever had or the most loyal person that you know, whose name would come to mind? Why did that person come to mind? More specifically, would your name come to someone else's mind if they were asked that same question? I once heard a preacher say loyalty is only revealed in the face of options. In other words, you don't know if they are loyal to you unless or until they have the option to leave and they still decide to stay. Loyalty is also revealed by someone's actions in your absence. What do they say about you when you're not around? That, my friends, is the epitome of loyalty. Ezra was the kind of prophet God could rely on. And as a result of that devotion, Ezra walked in favor with man. You see, most of us want favor with man, but we are strangers to God. The keys to blessing in the land are locked in the treasure chest of loyal love with the father. When God can trust that you won't leave him for the things he brings, he will open up heaven for you and allow favor to greet you on the left and the right.
2: Now, what does all of this have to do with purpose? I'm so glad you asked. Ezra was devoted to God without Instagram. Ezra did not have a social media page to prove his devotion. He was committed to the work that nobody sees. The Bible tells us in the book of Ezra that he was committed to three things. First, he rebuilt the altar. Let's write that down. Second, he rebuilt the temple. Let's write that down. After these things happened, the people returned today, before you work on more of your business plan, rebuild your altar. What does your devotional life look like? Could it be that God will not release the provision you need to make this thing work until you are able to increase your altar time? My good friend Heather reminded me just a few weeks ago that she was writing a devotional and she felt that she had writer's block. Then she discovered That in order to write the devotional, she would have to read scripture because the devotional was highly based inside of what the scriptures said. Her revelation was, maybe I don't have writer's block. Maybe I just stopped reading the word. How is your altar time? What if God is locking up some things that you can only get in prayer after you have given him the time that he deserves? Not only does God want our altar time secured but he wants our temple to be prepared. One of the worst things you can do is pray for God to bring you into a season that your character cannot handle. But I promise you this, the moment you devote yourself to the study and to the stuff that nobody sees, the more likely you will experience a return on your investment. Today, follow the steps of Ezra and build equity in private so God can elevate you in due time, in public. So, what is your purpose project today it is to revisit your altar time your prayer time with god and to really assess how you're doing decide how you can increase your spiritual reps in that area because every round goes higher and higher then revisit your tempo do you have the stamina required for this next assignment if not what can you do physically to prepare yourself mentally emotionally and spiritually once you work on these things i promise you you will see a great return. Let's get to work.
1: Matthew 6. Do not worry for tomorrow. Let tomorrow handle itself. Because worry is wasted worship. And if his eye is on the sparrow, then his eye is watching over me.
3: Why should I feel discouraged? Why should the shadows come? Why should my heart feel lonely? For heaven and home When Jesus is my portion A constant friend is He is on the sparrow, and I know, he wa- I, know he I know He watches, I know He watches, I know He watches, yes, I know God watches me. So I sing because I'm happy. I sing. The sparrow God's eye is on the sparrow His eye is on the sparrow And I know he watches I know God watches me, He watches over me.